Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. You guys know by now that we do a bunch of commercials in the beginning, in the middle of these episodes. Um, there's two things here. One, patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. We put the episodes up without commercials. How about that? But here's the thing, guys. I know you people. I know what you're doing. You're skimming forward and you're fast forwarding through the commercials. But I'm telling you, you want to listen to these and you want to listen to the ones in the middle of the episode because we put new discount codes. We put new job opportunities, new training opportunities, new gear, new equipment, new sponsors, all kinds of new cool stuff in there. You don't want to skip it because you don't want to miss it. Especially especially the discount codes. So make sure you guys are paying attention. And having said that, we're going to kick it off right now with one of my favorites. Right. Uh, RayAllen.com. We've had a great relationship with Ray Allen for a long time. They want you to know that they've heard you loud and clear and they have revamped their customer service, faster response times, easier to get a hold of them, faster shipping, faster order uh, fulfillment. Um, any kind of issues they had, they ironed it out. RayAllen.com for everything dog related. Not just working dog, working dog, pet, anything you need. I just bought about 300 bucks worth of stuff the other day. Mixture of pets and police dogs in one click. I loved it. RayAllen.com. Uh, we got hits coming up. Um, it's going to be in August this year. It's going to be at the McCormick Place in Chicago. Um, it moves around. So, you know, one of the things they're really good about is it's not in the same location every year. So every four years, it's probably in a different area or it's in a different area of the country. And they make it super obvious about um, rotating all of their uh, instructors. Too. So if you come last time they were, say, in Dallas, like four years ago, when they go back to that area, you're not going to see the same people over and over again. When we were there last year, there's like 1,200 people and they're talking about having 13 to 1500 and we've got a hundred vendors in the vendor hall this year they get ready to have a price increase and I know you people and I mean you people as handlers you guys wait for the last fucking second to do everything and I know it's not your money but the hotel fills up quick then you got to walk everywhere in Chicago which is probably going to suck because it's going to be super hot so get your tickets booked it's going to be August 13th through the 16th this year at McCormick Place in Chicago go to hits k9 letter k number nine dot net Get signed up. Look at the class schedule. Plan on where you're going to go. And, uh, yeah, submit all of your forms to all of your admins so you can get it paid for. And uh, you'll see us there. We're going to be doing live recordings. And come by the booth, get a beer, and uh, have a challenge coin. we got some custom challenge coins we're making. So um, we're, which, not, uh, we're not giving them beer, though, Ted. They have to no, no, no. Yeah, beer. no, yeah. That's yeah. Get a that's beer and bring it with you. If that was If that was not obvious, I guess that's my bad. All right, so uh, one of the booths that's also going to be at Hits, probably right across from us, if uh, if it's anything like last year's, our friends at Dogtra. Um, I love Dogtra, dogtra.com. Great company. Um, you guys have heard of us. You know, they're, especially you guys, you uh, policemen, law enforcement handlers, their um, remote is so set up for you guys to have on your gear. There's tons of different uh, Molly gear you can get for Dogtra uh, remotes. The 1900S is the best collar I have used. I love True that story. thing. Their ball popper is all revamped. Um, they figured out 
Anything with a battery should be rechargeable. The ball popper is rechargeable. It's kicking ass. Dogtra.com. They have a discount code WDR10 for 10% off of any order over $200. Dogtra.com. So this next one is somebody that we, it's new to the podcast uh, or they just signed up. So I just mentioned challenge coins. Now, everybody knows that everybody loves dogs and everybody listening, whether you're search and rescue, whether you're FEMA, whether you're, uh, you know, sheriff's office, whatever, everybody in the public loves seeing dogs. And the one thing that I always see is people handing out challenge coins or handing out um, the little like playing cards with the dog's information and all that stuff on it. So one of the new sponsors for the podcast is Combat Bet, which is spelled B-E-T at the end, like you're betting. Uh, They have the little challenge coins that are shaped like poker chips. And ironically enough, they're pretty inexpensive for um, like a department to have for a canine unit. You can have them on their little, you can have the dog's picture on one side, you can have the sheriff's office shield on the other side, whatever you want to do. You can even print on the collar of it. And they do two different versions. They got the, the ceramic poker chip ones and they've also do a couple of metal ones um so depending on how much you want to spend or whatever else you can get a variety of different things and they can print pictures on so you can get the picture of the dog and the handler on there hand them out to kids when you go do your school demos and you guys look like heroes which is freaking awesome so they're doing a discount code for everybody so if you go to combat bet bet.com and you'll get a discount of 10 percent off of your total order price which isn't a whole lot to begin with so it's working dog radio spelled out head over there hit them up tell them we sent you use a discount code hand out coins to kids that's all you got to do that's it yeah i think our first sponsor that we ever got when we got on the podcast is arno at alm um i love alm the dude the dude has been so good to us so good to everybody um i'm telling you right now man you want tugs and i mean we go through tugs a lot yeah, I give them out to all the handlers when they come through. And I don't use anyone else but Arno at ALM. Uh, his tugs are the best, period. They hold up. They're great. The dogs love them. Everything's great. And I've I've done a ton of social media stuff about his hidden sleeve. His hidden sleeve is so legit. It is yeah. so good. It's the easiest, the easiest one to put on, take off. It is so... Functional, Like I use it, you know, under stuff as a hidden sleeve, but I use it as a, just as a regular sleeve sometimes. Um, it, you do feel it. It does suck. I'm not going to lie to you, <laughs> but it is a perfect sleeve for what we like to do. He has a discount code WD radio for 10% off almk9equipment.com. Hit him up. Yep. One of the other ones that we uh, super like are the guys at USA Canine. So it's no secret that Eric and I have some dogs that bite hard <laughs> at our kennels. Yep. And True. tear shit up all the time. Uh, my personal dog loves to chew through Kongs, even the black ones. So the guys at USA Canine, they tend to mm-hmm. last a lot longer. So I use Dutch boxes and I use poppers at the kennel. Uh, we've gotten some that have gone, what, like six months now on ropes with dogs with I don't know how many dogs gone through on uh, these toys. And they're still going very strong. So head over to USA-Canine, letter K, number nine. Use the discount code K9, letter K number nine pro, get a discount. They got bombs, they got grenades, they got actual ball-shaped ones. They have a new one too, right? It looked like a little rocket or something. So head over, hit them up, get some toys. Dogs love it. 
They do. You guys remember our episode with Cameron Ford? Uh, Cameron Ford's worked all over the United States. Um, he's done all time, all kinds of multi-purpose canine training. Detection is his thing. It is what he does the most at. It's what his scientific approach yep. uh, has proven like very effective. The things he does. Well, Cameron moved to Las Vegas to join the folks over at Silver State Canine. Um, they offer a ton of stuff. They have a class coming up. You got to get on this quick though guys uh july 29th to august 9th 29th to august 9th it's a um going to be a handler and trainers course you got to get on it and they're going to rerun it september 9th through the 20th this is not a cakewalk but i'm telling you you will learn a scientific method for this um it's it's good stuff man check them out silverstatecanine.com they um just so, say you can't go to Vegas, can't make it to Vegas. Maybe you don't have enough comp time. You got, you don't have enough vacation time. They won't let you travel. You get a hold of uh, the folks at Silver State, and they will send Cameron to you, and they'll do a forty-hour detection dog seminar for you. You can get your all your unit, get all your training group. He'll come to you. SilverStateK9.com. Check them out. So speaking of traveling, October 30th through November 2nd of this year, our friends down at Southern Coast Canine, New Smyrna Beach, are going to be hosting the Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. It's the Police Motorcycle and Canine Skills Challenge hosted by our friends at Southern Coast, Peggy and Bill and Danny. So uh, I'm actually going to be down there announcing the uh, Hard Dog Fast Dog Competition. Now, it's limited to the first 30 canine teams uh, and the first 30 detection teams. And they're also doing a competition the 4th through the 7th which they do every year which is a huge odor uh, seminar and detection seminar and competition and at the end of the three days you actually certify with NNDDA but there's going to be 125 teams in attendance so it should be a good time be sure to head over to Southern Coast Canine hit them up look at it and come down and see me and I'm sure I'll be heckling whoever's going to be decoying because you, you're going to get smashed I don't know what to tell you get, be on your A game yeah all right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite. This is Eric Stambro from Canton, Ohio, looking out my bedroom window at a beautiful lake. Uh, my wife and one of our female handlers are paddleboarding fuckers. Um, <laughs> see them having a lot of fun. With me, as always, is our co-host, Ted Summers from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ted, how is it in the inferno known as Tulsa? Uh, aside from hot, um, it is the uh, my favorite time of year. Um, for those that have been to Tulsa um, and you know, you've seen it on Live PD, I live in an area uh, where they film Live PD. Um, but I live in an area that's relatively um, not in the show. <laughs> but it's that time of year where uh, my favorite game is is that gunshots or fireworks and the dogs. If anybody hears my two idiots barking in the background, they're shut. <laughs> but it is definitely uh, that time of year. So uh, and the kennel's yeah, only no a couple shit. miles from here. That's why our dogs are always super good with uh, gunfire because they hear it all the time. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yes. Every time we have a dog, though, I. Come Oh, these dogs are super indifferent to gunfire. I'm like, and I don't say anything. I'm like, it's because they fucking hear it all the time. But <laughs> so, nice. yeah. Other than that, I mean, I think the heat index is like 115 today or something. I don't know. It was hot as shit. Uh, I know we ran a bunch of detection runs with the dogs I got, and uh, I posted a video yesterday, or Alicia did, or somebody did, and uh, of me working a dog last night during in service. It's one of my greenish dogs, and uh, all 40 of our patrol dogs decided to blow their coats at the same time, and this dog just looks like a matted mess of hair 
and people are like, oh, nice dog. You need to brush him. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Seriously. <laughs> like, I'm not a dog groomer. <laughs> I'm like, I got 40 dogs and I've got like 17 of them have to be on narcotics. And I don't, it's like, I don't. And so, yeah. So I brushed him today. If everybody's hearing this, I brushed Riddick today. He's fine. He looks great. He's a big ass German shepherd. He's, he's super handsome now. So everybody needs to know he, he looks fantastic. I brushed him. <laughs> Other than that, nothing's been going on. I've been brushing dogs, I guess. Yeah, what that's about? good brushing dogs yeah all right good um yeah here i'm in the middle this is week two day three of uh summer one handler school i got three good dogs in there uh two in the police canine association one up from tennessee and then i got my dog ruzo back for a while and so we're still putting ruzo through some work and uh he god damn the dude fucking crushes it his I work, you know, we're going to be breeding with him, but he, his bite work is, I mean, most people, if you're a professional decoy, would catch that dog and be like, holy shit, this dog's a lot of fun. So we're having a good time with that. Um, and that's about he it. He bit Trying you. to live that life here on the lake. He did bite yeah. me. Well, <laughs> it was close. You can't Dude, teach I'm dogs like, to bite people and get shocked when they do. Yeah. So we, we were doing a scenario with, with him, and I um, inadvertently, there was a little bit of miscommunication. I found myself out in the open a little bit when doing a building search, and I ducked back into a room, and he saw me and came in and got his head in there. I fed him. As he was coming in, I fed him my wrist. Um, I'm like, you're not biting me in the bicep, fuckhead. So I, I, I fed him my wrist, and as soon as his teeth hit it, I uh, slammed his head in the door, and uh, he let go, and then went after the decoy. Cause you can't hurt the dog; he, he's he's unbelievable. So I yeah. managed to escape with one puncture, and he bit my wedding ring. Um, so that I was telling you before we recorded, that's two bites in three days on my hand in the wedding ring, not from him, but him and another dog. And yeah. uh, I told my wife that, and she's like, "See, I told you, you should be wearing that wedding ring." And uh, and it did save my finger. I will say that. So uh, I have no argument anymore. So nah, yeah, now nah, um, all of a sudden, yeah, yep. So um, other than that, that's about it. You know, we got uh, hits coming up in August. We're headed to here. It's going to be a good time. We just just got signed back up as instructors at Blue Line, April yep. of next year in Pittsburgh. Yeah, pretty excited about that. That was Excuse good. Me, I'm burping because I had three IPAs before we recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, we're rocking and rolling. Um, things are going well. You know, we're, we're scheduling the HRD seminars for 2020 and, uh, those are filling up. They're going to be big. We're, we're going big this, in 2020, all new scenarios, um, a whole different set of things, um, trying to get, you know, bigger regional groups and the right ones are signing up. So, uh, it's going to be a good next couple of years going to be pretty freaking sweet. Yes, yes, for sure. Today, today we are recording episode number three of the 2019 Ladies of Canine series for Working Dog Radio. The first two have already come out, and they're fucking killer. Uh, Jesse Keller came out today. This is the 3rd of July when we're, uh, I said yes, July. Uh, we are <laughs> recording this uh, right as the episode came out. It's getting tons of praise. Everybody's doing well. It's going to be great. Tomorrow, Katrina Williams from PSA is coming out. You guys all have heard that by now. So we're continuing. We're bringing big hitters. 
ladies that are deep into the canine business, canine industry, handlers, trainers, SAR handlers, and all kinds of people. But tonight, we have a special guest, somebody that's near and dear to me. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of backstory of our guest tonight. So in 2016, January, um, we had a dog named Canine Jethro in Canton that got shot in the line of duty. He managed to stay alive for about a day and a half. Um, and then he died on January 10th of 2016. Pretty quickly after he died, I was contacted by everyone and their brother offering me dogs to replace um, to replace Jethro. Uh, I, I personally, myself, fielded 300 emails. Um, I, I, and I called or emailed every single person back that contacted me for offering me dogs. A lot of it was puppies. You know, we don't mess with puppies so much. Uh, some Rottweilers. You know, I like Rotties, but we're not going to use them as police dogs. Dobermans and things like that. Um, there were some vendors and everything like that. However, there was one woman ninja that somehow got my cell phone number. And we, we can talk about that tonight. But got my cell phone number and, and called me while we were doing... She got it from. She probably got it from Alicia. Uh, yeah, or yeah, yeah, from a fucking bathroom wall. Yes. Yeah. Well, that could be too on the rest stop. She was probably driving through the Pennsylvania Turnpike in between here and DC and found it, um, and called and talked to me and laid out her program and and what they do and if all the vendors and people and everybody that I talked to, she just struck a chord with me. And, I, and granted, I was just a patrolman and I was the trainer, uh, but I was tasked by the chief of police at the time to find the replacement for, for Jethro. Um, we were trying to get the handler, Ryan, back on the horse as fast as possible. So she got a hold of me and um, I started talking to her. And when I say this, this lady moved mountains, I mean, she did some unbelievable work. Not only did she get a dog for us, she got a the air, one of the major airlines to give Ryan a free flight and the trainer, Dave, that we were sending down because I couldn't leave to go down and help select the dog, got him a free flight down to Texas and all the news media and everybody that could be there and and... It, it was unbelievable. I was awestruck by her ability. So then Ryan goes down to Houston and Dave, uh, and they spend a few days at her house. She brought him into their house. They stayed with her. And uh, had they, they were just blown away by how amazing this lady is. So I started really looking into it, and I had before, but... Um, her story is fascinating. Her life is fascinating. And, but what she does for canine is amazing. And when I, and I told her I was going to call her this, but when I call this lady a bad bitch, I mean, she is, um, her reach, the people she has met, the influence she has in the canine world, uh, whether you know her or not, you just don't get it. This is a person who has been to DC, has talked to Congress, has been to major parties, has been to a lot of things with a lot of very important people that have have the ability to spend money, to donate money, to make a difference in canine. And uh, I am super happy to announce that we're um, interviewing my friend from Canines for Cops, Christy Schiller. Christy, thank you so much for coming on, and how are you? 
Oh, what an intro. I have to tell you, with an intro like that, it makes up for the hell I just went through trying to hook up my computer <laughs> to plug into you guys. I right. told you, I didn't work this hard to get married. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Now, so, my 140-pound so shepherd just walked in the room. Bless his heart. Oh, is he still... Up here in age. So is the dog's name Elvis yes, or something like that? Johnny Cash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Johnny Cash. Bless his heart. He's, um, he moves very, very slow. <laughs> and, he, um, and he's pretty loud. So if he, if he I, gives us a little feedback, that's what that is. I, I remember when, uh, when Ryan was down there, he was like, holy shit, you ought to see this dog. This thing, and he showed me, and it looked like one of those Russian, Tibetan mountain dogs that they show on, like, you know, the National Geographic. You would expect Kim Jong-un to have a dog like this. <laughs> yeah, but he would have With the better. He, my dog has a better haircut than that guy, though. Yeah, no shit. So, <laughs> so, Christy, do me a favor and let's go back through a little bit of your history. Uh, talk about yourself, what kind of how you grew That's up with your. Problem. Yep. Oh, and um, let's get into where. Let's lead us up to where we are today. Well, let's see. Uh, eight years ago, I um, had uh, was at my ranch. And I saw on TV, it was two days before Christmas, and I was just watching the news and the sound was turned off. And my husband said, okay, do you want, we can go to the jewelry store. What do you want for Christmas? You know, a pair of earrings. And I'm getting more mad the more he's asking me because, you know, women are never happy. And I said, uh, really? You had 365 damn days to figure it out. And he said, just pick out something and as I'm watching the TV and I'm pretending to ignore him um, little did I know that he would become such a big part of my life but Ted Dolan's face um, comes on TV and for those that don't know Ted he was my inspiration for starting Canines for Cops so I see this officer and he's in uniform and I don't really have any law enforcement background you know in Texas you open a checking account they give you a gun and shit like that and you can carry it around <laughs> but I mean I don't have any type of law enforcement and so I see this guy and he looks like he's been crying and he looks discombobulated and he looks really upset. And I tell everybody to be quiet and want to turn up the TV and hear what this guy has to say. And I've, I've kind of come into the middle of the interview and he said, you know, he, he died um, saving him. He saved my life. And um, hopefully his death won't be in vain. And I'm trying to figure out what in the world happened. Well, Ted had gone in to um, get some burglary suspects uh, the night, uh, a few days before Christmas Eve. And it was, I don't know, four or five um, kids. And they were coming in, I guess, patio homes, I guess you'd say, or townhomes. And when people would go out to go to parties, they would come in and steal their electronics or their presents or whatever. And they'd had a bad run of it. So he, they had the place surrounded. They had these guys surrounded, and he sends his dog in. And he's now lost track of his dog, and it's gone in thicker in the woods chasing these guys. Anyway, inadvertently, they killed his dog. And he, um, he realizes when his uh, command comes out, his captain, and he's holding his collar that, you know, these guys have... Um, 
choked his dog and killed it. So I am just beside myself hearing this story. And I always teased Ted, you know, that we looked about the same age. I figured he probably had a child the same age as mine. And he was going to have to go home and tell his kids, in my mind, how this went down, that, you know, his dog wasn't going to be able to come home. And I was just devastated thinking about this because, you know, you guys don't get hazard pay working for Christmas or if you work in an area that Ted lives in, it sounds like in Tulsa, you know, you don't, you don't get extra pay for that. So I told my husband, I said, I want to buy that man a dog. And he said, do you know him? And I said, no. And I said, but how much could those police dogs be? Like a thousand dollars? I said, maybe we'll even buy two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Little did I know. (laughs) And so I started calling politicians and I said, oh my God, this dog died. And they said, your dog died? I said, no, the man on TV. And I said, he had a uniform on and um, it was kind of maybe dark blue or black or something. And it was, he had a gold bat. Wait, no, it was a silver bat. Wait, no, take it. It was bronze. I think it was a bronze badge and he, his dog died. <laughs> I called the governor. I called Rick Perry. And by now, yeah. as I've re- rethought the story in my head, I'm bawling. I'm in tears. And I said, oh, my God, and this dog died. And his wife gets on the phone, Anita, the first lady. And she's, she said, baby, your dog died? And I said, no, this man, he's on TV. And I said, I think it's like $1,000. I want to give it anonymously because I don't want anybody to know my name because that's how you get picked for jury duty. <laughs> they're like um okay so he has his chief of staff call me and the guy gives me the news that you cannot give money you can give money to a department you can't decide as a civilian determine where that money is going to go and i said okay well so what about my dog and they said well i mean unless they're fundraising specifically for a dog you really need to go out and find a charity that just gives dogs and um, you probably, you know, just can give it in his name. And they said, that guy works for very, um, that their budget's very healthy and they have a lot of money and they probably just don't need the money. I said, what? What department doesn't need money? I said, Warren Buffett freaking needs money. That's stupid. Right. So I uh, started digging around. And so I spent the next three days, of course, not being able to sleep. And I pulled out a map and I pinned it on my wall at my ranch. And I started pulling out all these thumbtacks and I would attach post-it notes to them. And my husband came in and said, what the hell is that? I said, this department has been five years. I'd pick a little department in West Texas. This department... I've done all the research, has been five years without a dog. This department's been 10 years without a dog. This department, there is Johnny Cash. Let me throw something at him. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I said, look at all these departments. And actually, I grew up in a little uh, small town on the Gulf Coast on the beach in South Texas. And the department where I grew up didn't have a dog, and they had already had two bake sales, car washes, a golf tournament, all these things, and they hadn't raised enough in five years, half the money for a dog. And I I said, this is, I, I just can't believe this sounds like an epidemic. And you know, so my husband said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, we're going to, I said, I've looked all around. I can't find a charity. There isn't one. So I called back the governor 
And I said, I can't find a charity. I said, I'm thinking about starting one. He said, now don't do that. He said, because really it's probably not a good idea. If nobody else has done it, it's because it's so expensive. He goes, it's like, I don't know. He said 10 to 20,000 to give a dog. And um, he said, so it's just, it's not cost effective. I said, but somebody could give $5. I mean, it doesn't have to, you know, they don't have to buy a whole dog. And I said, what if there really is a need and nobody's addressed it? I mean, not that I'm out there trying to reinvent the widget, but you know, what if? And so um, he said, you know, just send the money to the governor's office and we'll call around and see who needs it. And we'll just make sure that they get it. <laughs> I said, eh, I don't think so. I said, I have right. to do this. I have to start this charity. So uh, I started it. I still had not met Ted yet. So I wanted to get it up and rolling. So I made sure I met with um, my husband's lawyers and accountants and everybody that professionally crosses T's and dots I's and all that sort of thing and wanted to make sure everything was filed. Well, when I went to go file it, they told me in uh, our lawyers in Washington, D.C., they said, look, if you were starting Meals on Wheels, another version of, there are tons of bylaws that they can go by. Your idea could take two and a half years because we can't find anything that's registered in D.C. I said, well, we will give dogs out of our pocket until it goes through. I said, what? I said, yes, I'm telling you, there is a need and there are officers out there without dogs. And I said, one day we'll be able to give one as we lived in Houston at the time, as far as Dallas. Of course, that seemed like the other side of the world. And a couple of months after I started, Texas Texas is big, so. It is big. It takes you two and a half days to drive across it. And, uh, but I thought that was the farthest place I could even dream. So I, um, Ted came to my house and he had gotten another dog in the meantime. It wasn't a quality dog, but it was a dog. And so, um, he came to my house and met me and he gets a phone call at the office and it's somebody that worked for me. And they said, we want you to meet Christy Schiller. And he said, uh, I don't know who that is. And they said, she's this crazy lady that lives in River Oaks, married to some oil man. And she started a charity and it's all because she saw you on TV. He thought it was some friend pulling his leg. And he's like, yeah, right, really? And he says, no, and she wants to meet you. So he drives down to my house and he meets me. And I said, you know, I started this charity and I I had a photographer there that came and took pictures of us the first day we met and we're talking and I talk with my hands and I'm very in your face. I touch a lot. Ted looks, now that I know him, he looks scared shitless. (laughs) What the hell have I walked into? So we had the first, that was, um, of course, that happened in December. I meet him in in the end of April. Uh, we have our first fundraiser at my house that uh, November, October, I'm sorry, the end of October. So I invite a couple of hundred of my friends and they come over and I start explaining. And I have guys in the backyard that we have personally given dogs to. And, and uh, we had just gotten our nonprofit status right before that. And so they had, um, you know, taken dope and hidden it in my backyard. My backyard's really big and we were on like two acres. So they had hidden things. And one of the rich ladies about town is drinking her champagne and says, oh, that's so cute. Those dogs do tricks. Well, I completely lost my shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> because they weren't under nobody there was understanding the magnitude <laughs> of what these dogs did and they thought they were out there doing tricks and i said so i go and get on a microphone and we had um, a band in our backyard we had 300 people we had everything catered and actually we had the same band that just opened up for trump in orlando and we call them the canines for cops house band and uh, so we, we have them back there and I go and get on the microphone and I said, look, I said, you know, um, now that we've come off the last wave of the last administration, the last president, I said, and everybody's moved over here from Louisiana in the oil business after Hurricane Katrina. I said, how you liking that tax break? I said, mm -hmm. you know, these dogs really serve a purpose. I mean, they're the special teams. They're they're who you call when um, when we're scared. We call the cops. When cops get scared, they call canine. And you know, now we kind of use that as one of our slogans. But I'm up there, and I'm thinking. I'm selling this and this is my road show and I'm passionate about it and I'm looking at these 300 faces and I said, you know, the market's back up again and I know what your stock's doing and your stock's doing. And I said, look, when you get in your Bentley, I know it's the finest car made and it takes 15 months and it's all hand done. I said, but when you get inside of it and you've got the top down and you're heading out to your, you know, $60 million private plane to get on it and fly to your home in Aspen, I said, you've got a half a million dollar necklace on and you're sitting at the light and somebody comes and jacks your necklace in your car. And because you have to kind of go through a little bit of a wonky part of town to get to our airport. And I said, you know, when the cop comes along and he sees that and he doesn't get hazard pay for getting your necklace that's already insured. And now they're going up in the projects. I said, no, he doesn't want to chase after some meth head that has your half million dollar necklace that's getting ready to pawn it for 50 bucks. I said, but if he had a canine, he could send that dog in there. And what a more wonderful world it would be because everybody would be coming home at night and there'd be one less crackhead on the street. Well, when I kind of started explaining it like that, we raised over $400,000 in 45 minutes. Holy shit. And and everybody was writing Wait, checks. what? Where do I sign up? I want to know a cop with a dog. How many dogs can I buy? Oh, and what? And Canines for Cops was born. And it's taken off since then. And if you'd ask me, look, prior prior to getting married and being a mom or a corporate wife, um, I was in broadcasting. And I actually, the last place I lived before I got married was New Orleans. I could tell you what bar would let you stand on top of it whenever you were overserved. How much, you know, they they give you a long pour. They do all these things and how cute and funny I was. If you'd have told me I would have been a philanthropist for law enforcement, I'd have said, from inside prison? Am I a prisoner? <laughs> I would have never said in a million years, this is what I, this is what my passion is. This is what I do. But um, this is what my office does. And 24 and seven, we, we never go to sleep. And, you know, now uh, we started out and that we call them that we just retired the last of the fab five, the first five we ever gave. Now we're in over 200 departments. We're in Paris, France. Um, you know, I, I think that this I think that this is going to work. 
and we're pretty excited because every every few months I go, wow, I think this is going to work. I think this is going to stick. I think we have an idea that's going to work. I don't know why I always feel like it's brand new. It's so exciting. You get to meet so many great people. And, you know, I talked to a guy from, I had to, a man call me tonight, a canine handler from Orange County about, you know, turning an application. He had some questions and we ended up talking politics for an hour. I mean, you just meet these guys and I, I just, you know, same way I met you, Eric. I just, I love it. I think it's great. I love to travel around and I love to meet them and hear about their needs and wants and, you know, in the canine world needs and wants. And it's just, so I go out there and I beat on corporate doors and I rattle cages and raise money and I go to DC and I tell them, you know, how unjustly fair we're treated and this is a disgrace and shame on you. And, you know, I get all the politicians all riled up and then, you know, come home and raise more money. And what can we do? And we, we um, not only supply the canine, but we also supply the training for the length of their career. And yep, so I know that because I've trained two dogs for you guys. Yes, you have. Ninjas. Absolute ninjas. <laughs> yeah. And, They've done uh, great. And so we keep the stats on every dog that we have that's out there working. And um, we just hit 300, and we just surpassed 350 million in narcotics that we've taken off the street. Wow. So that's amazing. I, so like I said, your I goal was giddy. to get to Dallas. Right? <laughs> My goal was to get to I, Dallas. Can you believe it? <laughs> and it was less than, I, I want to say, within six months, the first dog that we gave outside of Texas was Dubuque, Iowa. And we've given them, that department, two dogs, uh, Brian Woolweber. And like I said, and we're now in 41 states. That's amazing. So, so yeah. here's so the I thing, too, guys. I was just hoping guys. one day that was my goal, just to be farther yeah. than 150 miles from home. So we we got Tuco from you, and yes. then another agency in the uh, Police Canine Association got a dog um, named Eddie. They call him Eddie Bronco, or his name was Bronco. They call him Eddie Bronco. Uh, he's he's a nice old dog. Um, and then we had a big fundraiser for the Police Canine Association, and Christy came all the way and from Ted Houston, came with Texas. Me. Yes. And Ted came with him. We we I've met them a couple times. We surprised Ryan. And, yep. And we'll get into a couple little things too about other things you're into. But um, we they showed up. Surprised Ryan. I mean, we knew you were coming. Surprised Ryan showed up at our big fundraiser like with no sleep, spent all night partying with us and, and everything helped us raise a bunch of money for the Canine Association. So these are these are people that um, take this stuff seriously. Like this is a big deal. So where where has um, where has this taken you? Like I've seen I've seen pictures and videos of you with like senators, I think, and and obviously yeah, governors, senators, but like pretty major heavy hitters in D.C. over this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I have to tell you, it's um, to tell your story over and over and over, you know, 15 times in one day. And every time you go into a new meeting, somebody says, so how'd you start? I said, you know, I can't believe you asked that. No one's asked that all day long. <laughs> try to make everybody feel special and you have three solid days of that 
you know, it, it, it gets um, it gets tiring, but you end up running on adrenaline because if you truly love what you do, which everybody, I have to say, um, it's I call it team ovary because even though we have our, our canine handlers and stuff in the field, we do have some female handlers but the majority of them being men. Um, everybody that works in my office is female. And, you know, I have Kristen Brown, that's kind of the glue that holds everything together. I have Courtney that handles a lot of our marketing and social media. And then um, I have a board member that is um, the president of our board and her name is Lori Crone. And she's very passionate about it. And, and um, she was a girlfriend you know, prior to me starting this. And we've all learned this. None of us had law enforcement backgrounds. And I think Courtney's dad is a is a fire chief. But other than that, I mean, nobody had any background in that. And it's just, it's so refreshing because we never tire of it. We, and look, I have, it's so funny because if I have somebody working nights in Mississippi, by God, they think you should be awake. So if they get a bust... My phone rings. At, of course, I, t- I have a thing. You know, it goes off like at, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night and turns on at 530 in the morning. But in between, if I get up to go to the bathroom to check it, I'll have messages all night long from, you know, California to the to the East Coast to everybody in between. And they get so excited because, you know, I like it when they feel like they're the only handler. I think that's important. And I, you know... Everybody wants praise and validation in general. I think that's human nature. And we absolutely love touting them online. We love any kind of, a lot of these departments, yes. Look, I could work with an NYPD and a Bill, Commissioner Bill, former Commissioner Bill Bratton's wife sits on my board, uh, Ricky Kleeman. But uh, in quite, quite frankly, an NYPD doesn't really need me. You know, they're, they have a huge budget. Um, it, it's smaller in mid-sized departments that need me, but a lot of the really small departments, we have some departments that are uh, three-man departments. I mean, look, they're trying to make it work. We have Jason, Chief Jason Hepler. The chief is the canine handler. He also drives a school bus. He's the volunteer fire chief. Um, I mean, my God, how many Superman capes can one guy wear? And so if they need a PIO, we're it. If they need somebody to say, we have something special we need to find for our dog, or is there a special medicine? Or, you know, we call up, you know, our friends at VCA, or we have a, we have a vet on board. They say, what can we do for this? How can we fix this? I mean, we want them to feel like they're the most important part of the team. And our job is to be the cheerleader. And I think some chiefs or some command have a little bit of a misnomer. I don't know how it got started, but a little bit of a bad rap, thinking that maybe we try to come in and change their department. Or I don't know. I've asked. I've been asked that a few times. Our plate's full. We don't have time to change anybody's department. If anybody wants help or needs floaties, we can provide a life jacket. So anything anybody needs that... Um, Everything. I had a department call me recently, and they said, "Look, we're trying to get a better deal on um, hot pops." And so, you know, you go out there and you try to, you know, I say I'm a professional tire kicker or cage rattler. You know, I'm the Match.com. 
that, you know, you tell me you need a date, and I go and procure you a girlfriend. Hopefully it's long-term and you have your girlfriend long enough, your dog being your girlfriend long enough that you have a long, wonderful relationship. But in the beginning, I have to tell you how naive I was that I kind of looked at it like a Disney movie. And I said, oh my gosh, we're going to go to the pound and we're going to find really cute dogs that maybe could do, could work because then we could save all the dogs in the pound. And how hard could it be? Well, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) And so I kind of learned that. I only had one dog that ever um, came as a rescue situation that worked out. And it's, I call it a God winks moment. It's like, kind of like, hey, Blondie, you busted your ass so hard. I'm going to give you this one. (laughs) But it it doesn't always work out that way. So, you know, I have people will call and will say, um, hey, I have a dog and it bites and it's really mean. Can I bring it to you? Uh, No. I have a litter of puppies. They haven't opened their eyes yet, but could I bring them to you when they do? Uh, No. Or, you know, I have a dog. They're Shiba Inus, but that's okay. Yes. Oh, I have a dog that would be great. And so now I, what I do is I put it on FaceTime. I said, do you have FaceTime? Go get your iPad, Granny. And, you know, she finds the German Shepherd that the kids left or whatever. And I said, I need a tennis ball. Call me back when you get a tennis ball. So she gets a tennis ball. And, um, you know, you hold it up. And the dog's not paying attention. And, you know, I don't think that dog's going to work for us. But... We try to make everybody, every donor, anybody that's got an idea, you know, we try to make everybody feel welcome. So, well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure the, the phones ring off the hook about that. They know. I mean, it you does. Know, people it does. To get and their I, dog I, in there. Yeah, it does. And, and look, we have a big waiting list for departments that need dogs. And so what I do is um, I've lived a lot of places and um, I have absolutely no qualms in asking for anything. So if, like I just placed a dog not long ago, uh, not far from you, Ted, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I um, called up and I'm like, okay, let me see. Who are rich people that I know with a connection to OSU? (laughs) Uh, I can think of one. (laughs) Yeah, I called him. Don't worry. I rattled his cage. T. Boone. And And his name's Boone. And um, we have a dog there um, that he gave. And then I have another um, friend of mine, Chad Clay, that um, is a proud alumni. And he gave a dog. And so, you know, you just go around and look, I'll go to uh, to county tax rolls. I'll see who's a large property owner and I will track that person down and say, do you know about our organization? (laughs) They're like, how'd you get my number? Who are you? Well, I'm a professional stalker, and today's your lucky day. <laughs> and sometimes yeah, well, I'll well, I know check it. just to get rid of you. I know exactly. it. You I know it firsthand. That's Texas. right. Yeah, hey, I got your phone number. How the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> but I, I took the call. I'm glad I did. And so, yes, and t- look, I knew a lot of people were giving dogs, and I knew that Ryan would have, if he could meet Ted, their stories were so close, and they have a great mm-hmm. friendship, but we want Houston Canine is one of our incredible vendors, and they came down with Jazz and Jason, and, uh, you know, he got an incredible, incredible dog, and I mm-hmm. worked like hell, I wanted to name it Urban, 
And uh, he's like, I'm going <laughs> to stick with the name you came with. And I'm like, but Urban, Urban would really be good because a lot of rich donors go to that school. And I'm kind of glad now I didn't because <laughs> yeah. Urban didn't he, last as Tuco. long as the dog. Yes, he's right. a Tuco. He's a Tuco. But Urban, Urban, yeah. Coach, Coach Meyer. Yeah, Tuco is a great long. dog. Tuco's yes, had a great he's career. A great he's. Dog. Uh, he finds shit and bites people. And that's uh, all, that, all we really ask for. <laughs> exactly. So, so talk about, um, you know, so people don't understand. I mean, you can, some folks can fundraise on a small level. And then you have the big national fundraising level, which obviously requires. And then um, you just have whores. Of, Right, yeah, just straight up sluts. <laughs> straight but, uh, up whores. I can promise more than any of those girls can ever deliver. <laughs> right, right. So, and and it obviously networking is the probably one of the biggest parts of it. But the other thing that people don't understand, and I want you to talk about it a little bit if you can, is the media savvy that's required to be on that type of level. Where where does your media savvy come from? How, how did you get it? How do you get? How do you know these people? How do you know how to do all that stuff? Well, um, I think that, I mean, my background in, um, uh, I always say, it wasn't that long ago, and my my 12-year-old just reminded me, uh, Mom, it was 20 years ago, Forbes put me on the cover as queen of the internet. So nope. when the internet was kind of hold on, let me Google thing, that shit while we're sitting here talking. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think it comes right after Playboy. Okay. Got it. Did he not catch that? Oh, just okay? That was it? That's all I got? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, working he, on it. I he's, don't he's, that give him a okay. second. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So, <laughs> um, you know, I uh, have been very, very blessed along the way. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Just... I guess some witty, witty bullshit, as they say in the South, or some banter or charm, as you call it someplace else, that and the ability to meet people. And um, one of my mentors passed away yesterday, um, Lee Icoca, who's been very, very good to me uh, in, in my organization. And we have quite a few dogs on the street that Lee's gifted and Lee's foundation and the family foundation. And um, he always told me a long time ago when I was like, I don't know, 22, 23, he said, look, he said, your, your Rolodex and your reputation are two things that you need to covet and build on. And, you know, I think that as time went on, you know, I just started collecting names and collecting names and I mean, from an early, early age and taking notes and, you know, you thought you never know when you're going to come back around and need somebody and you know, need somebody that that maybe they haven't made their fortune yet. You know, it's so funny because I knew Mark Cuban and he sleep on my couch before he was Mark Cuban. I mean, he was Mark Cuban, but he wasn't you know, known like he was now. And I remember him telling me, I'm going to start this company. And I worked for a, um, a broadcasting company called Metro Networks. And uh, you would have had it in Ohio. And I'm not so sure about, maybe, yes, I'm sure we were in Tulsa. But it, um, anytime you got a traffic feed uh, from a helicopter, that was Metro Networks. And uh, so I worked uh, for that company. And so Mark had an idea and it was called at the time AudioNet. 
And he said, one day you'll be able to hear the Hoosiers on the internet. And I said, awesome. And he said, so you'll be able to tune in and hear the Hoosiers. And it's going to be like anywhere, anywhere in the United States or anywhere in the world. He was so excited about this. And he goes, so I'm going to go around and I can figure out a way that you can hear this maybe one day through your computer. Because you're talking about an archaic time, you know, a long time ago. And I said, that is just awesome. And I'm so excited for you. And you have this great idea. What's a Hoosier? (laughs) And he goes, are you kidding? I said, no, I'm not. I don't know what a Hoosier is. And I said, but let me introduce you to the chairman of my company because we're on thousands of stations and it would be much easier for them to pick up your idea than you go around and try to sell it yourself. And um, anyway, that audio net turned into broadcast.com and he ended up selling it to Yahoo for what, $8.9 billion? And, um, yeah, just, you know, give or so, take a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? And, but, you know, you're happy for your friends. I mean, you're happy for, like, when it takes off and things like that happen. But you never know. So I always tell the, the young girls that are, you know, that work for me from Texas A&M University, um, you know, hold on, hold on, you know, make sure that you put those relationships in a really special place. You never know when somebody is going to dream big and that's going to catch and you can say, I knew them when. And um, I feel that way kind of like Cannons for Cops. You know, in the beginning, everybody kind of laughed at me and said, what the hell do you know about cops and canines and and I said well you know nothing but I can raise money and at the time Mm -hmm. I sat on 13 different boards and I got off all of them and uh, I said I'm devoting every because it was really look it's really hard to go to someone that you've just asked to put up money for the for the ballet and to buy a table for something and I watched and I had chaired the ballet ball in Houston and people were giving a hundred thousand dollars for one table and I thought what does all this money go to I mean look it ain't like they feed these bitches they split a head of lettuce 17 ways once a week I mean they all weigh six pounds (laughs) and so is everybody is everybody you know giving money for this one night to buy these fancy dinners or to put their names on the side of buildings and when I started looking at the endowments of some of the boards I sat on, you know, $50 million they have in savings, $100 million. Uh, and, and you really had about 10 rich families in Houston that four generations back, you know, that it didn't matter if, if they stopped giving because they'd given so much and it created everything that they had needed to move forward for the next few generations. And I started thinking, you know, if you drive to the museums to look at a Monet, you still have to go through a bad part of town. You could still get jacked. Why Mm -hmm. is our law enforcement on fucking budgets? Why? Why do they have to go code things special, beg, borrow, steal, or give up something? And I started, I sat down with big city mayors and started saying, tell me what it is about the budget. Why are police, why is that the first people we call when we're in a jam, but then yet they don't have the funds to do what they need to do or to continue their training? Why is that? And they just, and well, they you don't know, have a great answer, or do they? No, they don't. And, and, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's their fault, but it becomes mm-hmm. our problem. Yeah. 
And, you know, why are they driving cars that are 10 years old? Why are they doing this? And why are they spending things out of their own pocket? And that is unacceptable. And if you'd asked me prior to me starting this, honestly, I have to tell you, I look back on notes that I've taken and journaled. And I said, well, if you need something, you go and get a purchase order and you just buy it because we pay taxes. And I think that's where all that money comes from. I was so living in a bubble. And look, if and it's not about being a dumb blonde or anything else. I blame that on something sometimes. But if you'd asked 10 of my friends with master's degrees, they'd all told you the same thing. Well, I pay taxes. What do they do with that money? Well, I mean, obviously there's other things that need them too. Or politicians go on boondoggles or whatever in the hell goes on. But I started saying, why is it? I said, and I asked our county judge, so Ted that lost his dog, what will happen to him now? And he goes, well, he'll go on death duty and they'll fill out reports and um, they'll get it figured out. And I said, wait, so he... Does he go back out on the street? Do they order a new dog? How long does that take? And do they do they keep him in stock at like the academy? I, mean, I didn't know. And they said no, that he'll be on desk duty until you know whenever they find it in the budget and they get it even approved by the commissioner's court. I mean, it could take a year for him to be up on the street. And I said a year. Wait, so there's one less cop on that shift. Do my taxes change? And he goes, well, no, no, it's a yes or no. So there's one less person guarding in the fourth largest city. Do my taxes change? Wait, no, they went up. (laughs) But we have one less cop. He goes, well, yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Well, that's again, that's unacceptable. So um, I think when I started, uh, you know, throwing a stick in the spoke, and started, you know, going on this national campaign, I think there was a lot of uh, departments that not so much the the law enforcement side, but a lot of politicians that were scared to see me coming. Because I said, you have to justify why we don't have more dogs. When I started and I wanted to give dogs to the Harris County Sheriff's Department, and I think we're like the third largest sheriff's department in the United States, Um, they had four dogs and one was 10. One had cancer and was still working. Well, and and I have a little bit of a personal story about this too. Uh, We have a friend that's actually been on the podcast um, that's pretty close with the guys from Harris County Canine, or from Harris County SWAT. Or as I say, my boys. Well, Harris (laughs) County SWAT and not the canine guys. And um, I actually went down to train with them for a little bit with the SWAT guys. And um, the SWAT team. No, we have dogs on SWAT. Well, I know you do now. but Now, but there wasn't then. And the SWAT team in general has more money than God in Harris County. I mean, those guys... <laughs> they have some pretty and, cool and toys. And, you know, well, it's cool. They have two fucking M-Razors. I mean, they have shit that people, <laughs> like... I mean, the special operations units in the military don't even fucking have. 
And so, you know, aside from that, they have, you know, a, a huge budget from Cry Precision. Anyway, so, um, you know, and I mean, Eric will tell you, I mean, and this is something that Eric and I have said in, in the past is that, you know, canine is one of those areas in law enforcement, you know, it's a tiny portion of law enforcement overall, which is already a tiny portion of the population in general. And it's one of those places where people feel like they have to or they can buy their way on um, to a unit. Um, I mean, like, Eric, like you said it best, like if you decide to try and like if you want to be on SWAT, you can't fucking buy your way on. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to go guy yeah. my own fucking sniper rifle and my own like fucking shit. And, uh, and then you guys just let me on. <laughs> So, you but know, you can do that in canine. A lot of departments, you can do that, right? And which is where this entire organization comes in. But yeah, so it's interesting you mentioned Harris County because those guys have a shit ton of money, and so they just talking, weren't prioritizing they were down, it. Right? They were down. Take the take the old geriatric dog out. Take the cancer dog out. That means they had two dogs. Well, to cover the entire county. We're five and a half million people. Do y'all find that acceptable? No, no. We, Canton has seventy nine thousand okay. people. Has seven well, dogs. Well, and I mean, okay. I live in. I mean, Tulsa County, where I live, we have we're one of the largest twenty. I don't know. We have like almost one and a half million people that live in Tulsa County. We have zero dogs, and we haven't for years. In fact, the last one just retired, and he was did a single. Did you lose per- my number, or did you block me? I look. We had some other <laughs> shit happen up here where the old sheriff had some shit go down and whatever. And the new sheriff's an awesome dude. Vic Regalado is great. Um, but they have some other priorities going on. But they have, we, Tulsa County has zero dogs. Their last dog, his name was, uh, jo- uh, the handler's name is Jody. Um, the dog retired. He was a single purpose golden retriever. And they have not had a bite dog in <laughs> shocker, and uh, in, in, I fuck I don't know like twenty years or something. So, um, in it, it, it's interesting, and but you know you know there's a lot of grants that go on and some other things. Like I know the SWAT team here in Tulsa County just got a bunch of new fucking suppressors and a bunch of other shit happened and whatever else. So like I there's get a it. lot of rich oil money in Tulsa. If you need me to come work the streets, oh believe me, I'm from here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I'm not going to tell you not to come. So <laughs> I mean, my my but, kennel is twenty or is like two minutes from the sheriff's office. So let's take a break for just a second and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we got a great new sponsor, man. We're super excited about this. I have a box full of challenge coins. I love them. Everywhere we go, I'm always asking people, "Do you have challenge coins? Challenge coin?" Um, but I don't have one. Working Dog Radio doesn't have one. Torchlight doesn't have one. HRD doesn't have one. So we are going to get those. We're going to get them made. And we're looking around trying to figure out who we're going to use, who we're going to get to make these challenge coins. We partnered up with the good people at Combat Bet. That's C-O-M-B-A-T-B-E-T. And they've got several different cool styles to choose from. They got other things too. They got some cards. They got a lot of different cool stuff. They're giving a uh, discount code for us, Working Dog Radio. Um, I can't wait. Um, We're going to get these challenge coins. And I'm telling you, if I give you one, you better have it. If I see you, I'm going to blast that thing out on the bar and you have to buy me a drink. CombatBet.com. Check them out. They have several different styles of coins. Um, We're really super proud to have them on here, man. CombatBet.com. 
Uh, it's no secret that uh, Eric and I use a lot of equipment at either up in Ohio, Venice, or here at Torchlight. Uh, we've been using Dogtriff for years. Both of us have. Um, even before we even started the podcast, you know, one of my favorite products is a 1900S hands-free. I use it all the time, and I've uh, even got a different collar on it so I can put it on dogs super fast. Uh, there's no messing around with it or whatever else, and I just keep the remote in my pocket, and I have the finger kick on my on my finger or on my wrist, and uh, makes it super easy. But Doctor's got several products, and not just for police dogs. You know, I was doing for hunting dogs. They've got a long history uh, with the hunting dog community. But uh, great products, several things for everybody, from pets all the way up to working dogs. And they also have the awesome ball watcher and popper that I use at the kennel. Uh, I think I've got four of those things now. And um, we've got them in a box. I've got them hidden in cars, all kinds of stuff. But for uh, listeners, anytime you use the discount code WDR10, you get 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. Bucks, and that's at dogtra.com. Go hit them up, dogtra.com. Hey guys, coming up, it's coming up August, August 13th through the 16th, the HITS conference. HITS is the best conference going. It's the biggest. It's uh, There's only a couple conferences that we back and we sponsor over here at Working Dog Radio based on who runs it, the type of material, the type of training, the instructors, everything they get, nothing shady happening. HITS... Um, I can't say enough about the guys. You've heard them on the podcast, man. They're all legit. They're handlers. Um, they're out there working every day with that dogs, with those dogs, and they're putting on this big, huge conference. They got a uh, price increase coming up, man, so don't mess around. This year it's in Chicago at McCormick Place. Like It's the size of Canton, Ohio, pretty much, the entire <laughs> venue that they're going to be at. Um, check them out. HitsK9.net. Don't wait. Yeah, you know, one of the other uh, sponsors that we have that's also uh, nothing shady going on that we're super happy to have on the podcast <laughs> is Ray Allen. Uh, I think Ray Allen made equipment for um, dogs that are on the Ark. They've been around for so long. Uh, their product designer, uh, you know, Matt, is one of our good buddies. Uh, we love that dude to death. Uh, they do a good job there. They've got that new treat pouch that Eric really likes. Uh, keeps your fucking hoodies from smelling like hot dogs or, or pill jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just ordered a bunch of rubber arms and we ordered and leg for Eric uh, that uh, is good for proofing patrol dogs and they've got everything not just for police dogs they get stuff for working dogs and they got stuff for uh, for other working dogs like search and rescue or hunting and then also just for pets also they've got leashes and everything for and harnesses just regular collars everything you need if you're going to go over there make sure you use the discount code also working dog radio spelled out uh, the beginning of each letter needs to be or word needs to be capitalized You'll get uh, 10% off your first order. And, yeah, they have just about everything you need except for the dog and the patrol car. So hit them up and not owned by a uh, somebody that has pled guilty to uh, sex offender crimes. So there's that. You guys have heard me talk and Ted talk about our relationship with Highland Canine. Um, we've done it on social media. We, you've heard it here in the commercials and things. And we do that because we believe in the Pergasons and we believe what they got going on there. Um, they have a school for dog trainers. They got a police dog training school. Um, and, and they started to realize what they were doing was everything was um, 
basic training for them. And they do have a lot of basic training classes. They take you, uh, they teach you, say you're a handler, they're training you and then boom, out you go on the road. But what we see in this business is most guys don't follow up with any kind of advanced courses. So Highland Canine, they're like, you know what, we're going to take care of that. They have started a um, advanced detection or excuse me, advanced um, canine courses, like a whole curriculum they're rolling out. Back in April, they started with an advanced detection course. Um, they're going to go into advanced skills for every aspect of police canine training. Uh, be sure to check it out. Look for upcoming classes, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Harmony, North Carolina. Check them out. So everybody knows that we uh, love the guys of Southern Coast, Bill and Peggy Heiser, and of course, Danny. But they've also got a second company called Coast to Coast Canine, which handles uh, detection services. And they are looking for two full-time and one part-time explosive handler. So be sure to hit them up and email Peggy Heiser. So you're going to do P Heiser, H-E-I-S-E-R, at C, the letter 2, C, the letter K, the number 9.com. That's C2CK9.com. Shoot her your resume and apply for the jobs for a full-time explosive handler. There's two of those. And then... A uh, single part-time handler, uh, explosive handler at c2ck9.com. Peggy Heiser, c2ck9.com. Go hit them up. So I got a uh, bomb dog in my uh, kennel right now. I'm imprinting her on the seven odors that we use over here in Ohio. None of those odors are the HMEs like TATP, um, urea nitrate, and some of the other ones. We... Um, are afraid of that shit and I'm not touching it. I'm not messing with it, but I do want my dogs to, to find it. So looking around, you know, my guys go through some training with the FBI like once a year. It's pretty hard to stay proficient on that stuff and I'm not messing with that stuff for real. So what do we do? True scent. True scent is a, um, it's not a pseudo odor. It's a simulant. It is real odor suspended in silica. Now listen, they have everything. They have all the explosive odors you want. Um, but I specifically look for the, the HME kits. They got several of them. Um, check them out. Uh, it's, it's real explosive odor. Um, it's good stuff, man. We really like them. You heard Ellie, their chemist, on our um, podcast. We made a whole T-shirt based on that podcast. Uh, it's good type of stuff. TrueScentK9.com. Um, when you get there and plug it in, they do give us a discount code, which is WDR, all capitalized, WDR15. That's a WDR15 for 15% off training aids. Get on it. Yep. So working dogs, whether they be police dogs or hunting dogs or search and rescue, whatever, have a fantastic talent of managing to hurt themselves in magnificent and magical ways. Um, if I could count the ways that my fucking dogs have managed to hurt themselves, it would fill up an entire podcast episode. Not everything is going to require a vet visit. I'm not suggesting that you don't take the dog to the vet, but stuff that's normal, like hot spots, pad injuries, happy tail, stuff that's just kind of annoying, uh, can turn into serious issues. The guys at Vet Care have produced a, a product called Quick Derm that is absolutely fantastic. Eric actually has a guy that's close to him that runs a fairly large boarding kennel uh, that had a dog come in that had hot spots already when he got there. And, you know, you didn't want to be blamed for hot spots. 
So uh, he actually ordered some of the stuff and cleared it up in, I mean, a couple of days. I actually had some pretty gnarly burns from uh, dealing with the talks of the HRD seminars uh, from doing some of the muzzle work. And I was able to clear up something on my arm <laughs> in about seven days and it didn't tear up my tattoo, which is kind of nice. So so if you go over to vetcare.us, it's going to be 10WDR. And you'll get 10% off your first order. And we've heard some rumors that they were upgrading people on sizes when you use the discount code. So head over and put it in your uh, put it in the patrol car and you'll be good to go. I mean, well, I have to me. tell you, so when I gave the first five that we call the Fab Five and I gave to the department, we were just like, what you know, pretty soon we're gonna double that to ten. Well, I'm I think and I need to consult with my boys, but I wanna say we've given so far thirty-five dogs just to Harris County. Maybe wow. it's like 34, 35. And uh, I think we have about 60, 65 dogs in Houston. And so, uh, well, you know. That's a lot of dogs. Holy shit. Yeah. And so, but I just don't, I, I just, I, when we made, not that you weren't before, but as part, you know, my background is PR in media and broadcasting and getting the word out. And we wanted to make canines sexy. And I felt like after talking to a lot of these guys in departments and going around and just spending time and sitting down and, you know, having a drink with these guys or going to get a burger and saying, tell me what, what's holding you back. And I felt like a lot of them weren't given the proper respect that they had coming. And um, maybe they just didn't feel like they had you know, the best training or the best equipment or, uh, you know, working with their dogs a little longer than maybe they should have. And, you know, it's crazy because we have, we send notes and we refresh out to our guys all the time. And we say, look, here's the deal. Don't try to, like recently, we just, once you're in our program, you're in. So if you call tomorrow and say, um, look, my dog uh, broke its leg or it's going to have to have surgery or whatever reason you have to, to retire your dog early, um, we give you a new dog. We get you in there immediately. You go to the top of the list. You're already in the cult. I mean, it's kind of like, say, Jim Jones handing out Dixie Cups of Kool-Aid. You're in, buddy. Get to the front of the line. And so it's like <laughs> you, you won't be able to get rid of us easy. You give a, you know, get rid of an STD faster than you can get rid of the girls in my office. So we want to make sure that everybody has the very best equipment, the very best training. And, you know, it is what it is. But we want everybody to feel special. And we want them to know that, um, you know, no stone goes unturned. You don't need to worry about how we get the money. You don't need to worry about anything else. Your job is to just make sure that you go out and get the very best training and pay attention in class. And, you know, that, and that we've got the very best vendors in the world and that they're going to take care of you. And, you know, we have, we get two year working health and guarantees, um, on all of our dogs. So if a dog, you know, contracts cancer, it's nobody's fault, but again, it becomes our problem. They can go get a new dog. Um, you know, I listen 
to a lot of the stories and let's say maybe a department has spent everything they had or they've convinced their city manager or their mayor that you know they need to get this dog and they've gone to maybe a vendor quite honestly that fed them a lot of shit and this person maybe only has two dogs that they've trained up and they give them this dog and the dog doesn't work out and the guy goes out of business well he's charged him an arm and a leg and they don't really have any training to back it up there's no standard and now all of a sudden they've got a dog that's either turning on them trying to bite their arm off or that is fried from an e-collar because they don't know what the hell they're doing and they're trying to get their favorite radio station on there and their dog's walking sideways with a permanent tick and you know they don't have where do i go from here they don't have that so I have to tell you that one night, how I come up with all these crazy ideas, um, one night I get a call from one of my guys in the Midwest, and I'm trying to remember where he was from. No, it wasn't the Midwest. It was like Mississippi, I think. And he's telling me, he's calling late at night. It's like, you know, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning and he gets through and he says, oh my God, we just got this bus. We got a guy with some weed. I sent my dog in and they were doing a little training. And he says, we went into this trailer and the dog wouldn't latch on. Well, okay, you're calling me because I have a spaniel that still shits on the floor. But, you know, I hear you out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one o'clock in the morning. You want to talk to somebody. I'll be your phone a friend. So, you know, he says, do you... I said, what do you have? What does your dog speak? He says, Dutch. Uh, you have a mouth. Okay, so what happens when you send it again? He said, he wouldn't bite the guy. I said, okay, where was the guy? He was in a shower, in a trailer, in a meth house, or I mean, I don't know. So I started thinking, and I said, I had a friend that was in the program, Alcoholics Anonymous, and I said, um, I was with them one night and they said, you know, I had to call my sponsor to get, um, to, you know, to talk me off the ledge because somebody offered me a martini. I don't, I don't know whatever in the hell it was. And I said, well, how does that work? How, how does that go down? They have to come get you. I mean, how does that work out? Is it like an Uber thing? And he said, no, you call your sponsor and they can't get mad at you for calling in the middle of the night. And you say, somebody's, you know, I want to take a drink. And they talk you off the ledge and they come get you if they can. If not, they make arrangements and whatever. And I said, so they talk to you, but they don't judge you and they give you advice and everything. And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, I got an idea. So I started doing spreadsheets or let me rephrase that. I started telling Krista and Courtney to do spreadsheets because <laughs> I, I had an idea. And so I started lining up whose dog speaks Dutch, whose dog speaks Spanglish, whose dog speaks German, then who has a Mal, who has a Shepherd. And so everybody, you know, the, let's say a guy from um, a smaller department in Alabama, he would love to say, oh, I got a guy, you know, in, and I noticed in this industry and I don't go to a lot of events or conferences, but I do notice when I'm there, it's kind of cool to say, oh, yeah, I got a guy. I got a guy in Holland. I got a guy on the West Coast and he's the guy that creates my synthetic. He's the guy that creates this for me. I call that guy and he imprints my dog on this and everybody's too cool for school. 
Yeah. So I said, we need to get, if you're a department of like a a division one school or a, 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 a two or a three school, we need to separate them. I want the guy from Mississippi to be able to hook in with the guy working nights and LAPD. And look, the guy from LAPD, I promise you, doesn't want the guy from Mississippi's job. But they both have mouths and they both speak Dutch. And that's going to be each other's phone a friend. Now, the guy from L.A. that, you know, maybe occasionally, you know, I don't know if it's for a catfish recipe, but he may need the guy from Mississippi eventually down the road. But they're going to be buddies and they're going to he's going to be able to call him. Not that I don't appreciate the phone calls at 1.30 in the morning, but you get a couple of those in one night, you know, it's kind of hard to sleep. But that way he can call him and say, hey, man, um, I sent the dog in and I did this. Can you think of anything? A lot of these guys in smaller departments don't want to go to their captain and say, I did this and the dog didn't work. They're scared of losing their job. You, you don't need to be They're asking. Scared of somebody you, else. You, you don't need to be asking captains that. If anybody's listening to this, unless your captain is a canine handler, don't fucking ask them. <laughs> call me your airwall. Inbox me your Eric. Don't well, call me. I mean, because I mean, you but, can, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of them are afraid in these smaller departments to go to their command and say, and you know, he's going to look at him and say, you know, Leroy, what the hell did you learn at canine school? Because they think if they send you one time, they they can figure it out. In, in two weeks, which is bullshit, they can figure out how to learn everything and be a ninja and why are, why did you dare forget something or why aren't you applying this and no, you can't go to another school and no, you can't go train with this person. My God, two years ago, we sent you for, what, two weeks worth of training and they don't have Ooh. anybody to decoy for them. They don't have anybody to catch for them. They don't have anybody to run their ideas off of. And so part of our application is when they apply, we say, what is the next closest working canine unit to you? If you have them in your department, is there somebody there to decoy? Um, Do you often train with other departments? Are you open to training with other departments? And again, there's no wrong answer, but we want to try to make sure everybody gets, you know, the education that they need. And I remember, I said, so it's basically phone a friend. And I remember having dinner with um, Bill Bratton at the time. He was commissioner in New York. And he looked at me and he said, so wait a minute, your dad wasn't a cop? And I said, no. Is your uncle like a sheriff or something? He said, no. And you started like wrangling cops. And does that, I mean, are you okay with it? And I said, yeah. And I said, I have a toddler. I use the Montessori method. He goes, what's that? And I said, crisscross applesauce. Everybody keep their hands to their self. Don't look at your partner's shit. Don't be bothered that he got something that you didn't. Your time will come. And everybody be nice to their neighbor. And he goes, and that works. I said, well, they tell me it does. He goes, well, I got 40,000 cops. And I'm not so sure that's going to work. I said, the phone a friend thing, though, is really working. And I said, it, they like to call a guy in a bigger department. And, you know, just to say they've got their guy on speed dial. And he's like, huh. He goes, I think all those years of that tactical training that I provided, I never thought of a phone a friend. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. It works out. 
but yeah, but you know, we want these guys, you know, especially when you're in the canines for cops family, or, you know, I started also a uh, after uh, in 2013 I started canines for kids and after watching Sandy Hook on television I was in an airport actually in Oklahoma City you'll love this Ted I was in an airport in Oklahoma and you know I don't know if uh, in Oklahoma City and you've if you've paid attention, but they still take their safety very seriously. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I, 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 was know, I know going, several of the canine guys over there. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I wish I had those guys' names in front of me, but I, I came into the airport and usually I'll have like the rubber bracelets or some type of swag or a card or something that I'll give these guys and just say, hey, you're doing a great job. Um, I, I have a hat or something, you know, in my bag and I see a guy with a single purpose lab and another guy with a shepherd I'm assuming he was probably dual purpose and as we get off the airplane and it's Oklahoma City's not a big um a real big airport but I'm watching the TVs and everybody stopped and we are watching that morning as they're talking about Sandy Hook and I'm just tears are rolling down my face because my little girl is the exact same age as those children. And as I kind of get it together and I go down to the baggage claim, I see the two canine handlers and they're visiting with each other. And I have a few minutes till my bag gets there. So I go over and talk to him. I was like, hey guys, um, you know, they probably thought I was coming to flirt with them. And I, so I have my little swag in my hands and I had some um, stuff in my bag, some hats or something, and I gave it to him. And I said, Do you, if you don't know about us, you know, we're canines for cops. And uh, one guy was too cool. He said he wasn't familiar, but I could tell him, you know, about it. So I'm always learning to uh, practice my spiel. And the other guy, of course, said he'd heard of us. And he was probably married. So I said, um, so as I'm talking to them, I notice that the people waiting to get their bags are kind of staring at us. And almost to the point, um, there's like 15 people that it, it kind of makes me uneasy. And about that time, a Middle Eastern man with a long white robe comes out and he starts to walk to baggage claim. And I mean, he really has the full regalia on. And I'm like, whoa, don't see that every day in Oklahoma City. And so as he's waiting for his bag, the the canine handler looks at me and he said, oh, duty calls. He said, we have to get to work. Well, this is where it got really fascinating for me because look, it, we all know that from the hours and hours of training, we just passed over 100,000, 90,000 T-coal hours that we've given out in training so far in Canines for Cops. And approach is, you know, really important. And to make people feel, not feel that they're under a spotlight, you know, or that they've done something wrong prior to even approaching them. And so I'm watching from a distance. I can't hear what they're saying, but I see they walk up to him and they're, you know, like, where are you from? Well, obviously, you know, where they wear man jammies. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, either this place is about to blow up. And I'm like, well, I kind of probably doesn't take Southwest. So we're probably okay. And they probably don't do layovers. So I'm kind of curious to where this guy's going now too. So everybody is, is feeling, you can tell very tense when this man is in there. So they ask him if they can look through his, you know, if they could search his luggage. And he says, by all means, I see him kind of making these Vanna White moves. So he opens up the luggage and they sniff through it and he thanks them for their time. And as everybody looks all happy and, you know, 
whatever. Well, as I look over, I notice he's wearing an Aggie ring. And so I wait and the cops are starting to walk away and I scurry over to him. And I said, so I need to know that man. I said, what's the background? I'm thinking he's like a professor that is going either to Oklahoma State or OU. And he came over here from Cutter, maybe via Texas A&M. And he goes, do you know him? And I go, well, no. Um, and he says, it's exactly, he said he's a petroleum engineering uh, professor and he's here for two weeks to teach at OU. And I said, wow. I said, so he's a good guy. He goes, well, obviously, yeah, because when we walked away. And I realized everybody looked so relieved in that airport that, you know, these, these two canine officers were there. And I realized we just gave him more respect and more protection as a foreign visitor on U.S. soil than those children that were killed that morning in a public school where we pay taxes. Why do we not have canines in every single school? And do we not even have a return veterans working in those schools? Look, the veterans that come back, the soldiers, they don't want to be Mark Cuban or Jerry Jones. They want to be, they just want to keep giving back. And a lot of them have canine experience. So I came back to my board and I said, I want to put canines in every school. And they said, oh, no, 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 it's way too risky. I said, well, figure it out. I said, because we're going to do it. And um, I said, I feel strongly about this. Well, I'm very proud to say as of um, when school starts back this Labor Day, we protect a little over 1.2 million kids a day in school. Wow. And um, it's growing. And um, uh, I absolutely, I love, love, love that program. Now, it's a subsidiary of Canines for Cops. So it's still, you're still part of the Canines for Cops team. But, um, you know, we sent some special training to be a Canines for Kids handler. And, um, you know, how to interact with kids. Um, I, uh, Dr. Marisa Rendazzo, that was the lead psychiatrist for uh, the Secret Service, sits on my board. And Dr. Phil, I mean, Phil Houston, that was um, deception detection for the CIA, and he wrote the book Spy the Lie. Sits on my board, and um, he we come in and we give seminars. You know what to look for in these kids. You know it's not necessarily always black fingernails and a and a trench coat. Um, you know what to look for. Um, in the signs and how not to, you know, ignore it. And um, I, I just think it's very, very important. And I went on, I went and spoke on Capitol Hill and I said, and somebody said, what if my kid's allergic to dogs? I said, is your kid allergic to shrapnel? Because I've never met anybody that's not allergic to shrapnel. I said, if someone has a better idea, I will raise money for it. This is not an ego idea. This is, it works. So, you know, the, the biggest dumbass in the room with a plan is better, in the words of my friend Boone Pickens, than the smartest guy in the room with no plan. So until somebody comes up with something different, these dogs, I say, doesn't give a shit how you vote. They don't care if you're pro-Hillary, if you're Trump. They don't take an Ambien to sleep. They don't, you know... Uh, they don't have a vodka issue. Uh, they don't say, I'm not, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm comp time or I need, you know, I'm taking holiday. They work for the love of a tennis ball. And they just want to do their job and please people. 
And I just don't understand why that's so hard. I have some departments that just have no interest in dogs, period. And I just don't understand. I just don't understand the problem because I have, look, if somebody gets mad at me for bringing an idea, which has happened, I know it's shocking to you guys, but I'll, you know, uh, recently a department in New Mexico just said, we're not interested in dogs. I said, well, you could sit here on I-70 and run interdiction. Just have a guy that sits out here that you don't even know his name. You don't care. I think that's a guy I work with in the department and he can sit out here and run interdiction. And make money for your department. Why is that not happening? Why? I said, is somebody on the take? I mean, I, I just don't understand. Are you working for a cartel? Of course, you know, everybody gets offended. I'm sure that went over well. I'm, I'm not there to make friends. You know, I <laughs> yeah. can go raise money. <laughs> like that comes from another area. I, I don't need friends. I got lots of friends and they write checks. Um, I just I just don't understand how anybody cannot see the added value of a canine, that these are priceless. When I look around and say, look, I mean, all I did was marry well and come up with an idea and sit in carpool lane, and I've taken 350, or the dogs that I've given have taken 350 million in dope? I mean, how can you not expand on that? How do you yeah, not want that as um, part of your team? Right. There's a lot of agencies that the bosses won't even entertain putting in for grants and things like that. A, because some of it takes a little bit of money or, excuse me, a little bit of time. But um, and they're inherently lazy. And um, others, though, think that somehow if Johnny Patrolman comes to them and says, hey, we got this organization, they we can put in for a grant, they'll, um, you know, they give dogs and they give training and everything, that the boss will shit can it because they'll think that the somehow the handler's involved in something Absolutely. and gets something out of it. When, and they think that way because they're that way. Yeah. Those bosses would do that shit. They're the ones that would... Because they're, they're, they're shitheads. So that's why they interfere and they cock block everything because they, they act like it's so expensive. But here's a great organization offering them book expense to take care of all of it. And they shit can it because they're too lazy to do the paperwork and they're suspicious of everything because they're suspicious people. Uh, you know, I spoke at the National Sheriff's. <laughs> I spoke at the National Sheriff's Conference in D.C. and um, uh, and a, and a sheriff had just got to tell me we're not interested in what you have, and I called his shit out on stage, and um, nice. I won't go into who it was, but I said, you know, I said actually I have an extra dog to give because I tried to give one to this department. And he said he absolutely was not interested. And yeah. you know, of course, because every they cop, go to I mean, every sheriff in the room looked at this guy. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you know, you hit yeah. you hit on you know, you hit on oh, I don't know if that's gunshots or fireworks. Um you hit on two things like Drink. very broadly that Eric and I talk about a lot and everybody does business in this industry based on relationships. So how this works is, you know, there <clears throat> there are about thirty one hundred counties, parishes, or independent districts in this country and they go to the next agency over and say, Oh, well, where'd you get your dog? and we'll get it from there. And that's how people buy dogs in this industry. And it's obvious that it's not done based on performance because if that were the case, we wouldn't have any shitty police dogs. However, (laughs) we are where we are. And then on top of that, we also have the problem of 
people going to these vendors and that give them dogs like you you hit on it a minute ago like you said a two-year and i think at torchlight i mean our standard warranty is three years on health and congenital stuff um and it's trying to make me look bad aren't you uh, no not at all i mean but i but like <laughs> but and i was going to tell you the story about there's a department in oklahoma um that bought a dog now they didn't pay a lot for it and they didn't buy it from us because i was almost twice as expensive so they bought it they bought a dual purpose dog for like seventy five hundred dollars and i was like oh shit okay well the good luck i mean i can't do anything about it so they buy this dog it goes blind <laughs> one month outside well they got it diagnosed one month outside of warranty the vendor refuses to refuck to fucking replace the dog and what do they do they go back and buy another one from the same guy i swear to god so they have a blind dog that the guy refused to warranty and it wasn't that great anyway and then they bought another one from the same department from the same vendor and i was flabbergasted i was like i don't understand like and i'm sitting here and this was several years i mean this the, one of these dogs the first dog's probably already dead by now it's been so long ago but i kind of looked at my partner the scott i was like dude what the f- what in the hell is going on here and he was like i don't know what to tell you i mean and uh i, I mean it happens so you know it, it's extremely Extremely important that and in you know admins don't really care so they want canine they don't yeah. want canine and then they look at handlers like you get a handler just been a cop for five years and you give them a dog and all of a sudden they are their department's expert on canine Absolutely. right which is not always the right i mean they're they're definitely not which is you know the whole phone of thing phone a friend thing you were talking about which is the whole reason eric and i even started the patreon deal to begin with which has been a pretty big success just in that aspect but you know all of a sudden they're supposed to be the authority on everything related to this and most of these handlers are like dude i don't know <laughs> i just find drugs and bite people like i am not an admin i'm not like mr case law guy like i'm not and you know while handlers should be reading and whatever else i mean i understand being a canine handler you're a cop first and a canine handler second but you know it, it definitely is a deal an issue um and eric and i talk about it all the time people buy dogs based on relationships they don't buy dogs based on performance they don't buy dogs based on reputation clearly so because <laughs> believe me there was a there was a, a fucking knockdown drag out here recently with some fuckhead from ohio that eric and i know and the guy's a fucking clown and i mean but he still sells dogs because he's a f- because he has been around for you know he got his first dog off the fucking ark and was a dickhead then so you know i mean he still he has nothing changed. I mean, but people buy dogs from him because that's what he does. So, you know, I mean, like you said, uh, I mean, it, it's an important uh, it, it's an important deal to make sure we select vendors correctly, and it's kind of a big a, a big thing going down right now in canine in general, for sure. You know, I you know, I look at some of these guys, and and you know, I think in the beginning I was too naive to even know if I was being bullied, like, or trying to be intimidated because you were. I just didn't know. You were. I don't even know who you, I don't even know who the fuck you talked to in canine, but I can tell you that you were, you were bullied and you were talked down to and, and you were, and, and I, I don't even know who you talked to, but I can tell you were. Well, I can tell you, I had um, the sixth richest lady in the United States call and she saw me on TV and she wrote an obscene check, an obscene. And she said, but here's the catch. It's got to go to a part, uh, Department A, 
and Department Z. I'm like, okay, that's not a problem. So, um, oh boy, was that, and I say, an education is what you get what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. Oh, so uh, Department A, I handled them. So I told um, my TED that the program was started over. These guys, not only do they do extra jobs and, and you know work on all their, I have my original, my fab squad of guys, and it's Ted Dolan that I started the organization over, uh, Sergeant Chris Moore at Harris County, and he's the head of canine there, and uh, Sergeant Mike Thomas, and then HPD, I have a guy named Sergeant Stuart Red, and they are my go-tos. I know that they're gonna shoot straight with me, they're gonna say, look, I got your back, but you're completely full of shit on this, and you're so wrong. <laughs> And so I, I asked Ted, I said, look, can you call Department Z? We don't need to tell them how much money we have, but we need to start giving them canines. It was impossible. We, I, and this is a very, very huge department, and this lady wanted it to go there. And so we, it's not our job to say, you know, um, Mary Poppins wrote this check. It is our job to dispense the money and make sure that it goes correctly and that she gets the most bang for her buck and that everything's accounted for and that the stats are there. And seven months later, they would not take a dog. And I mean, it was just impossible. So finally I said, Ted, are you calling them? He goes, I'm calling. They won't return the phone call. So they're one of those departments that have like four chiefs. So I call and I said, I'll just have to do it myself. He goes, if that son of a bitch answers the phone, I'm coming through it. And you're gonna have to get bail me out of jail because I'm gonna go there and his neck. So the guy answers the phone. And I said, hello. I said, my name's Christy Schiller and I have canines for cops and we've left you a few messages and we would really tell us what you need and we want to be there for you, you know, to fulfill your needs and, you know, give him the whole little pitch. And he said, you never called me. I said, well, I said, uh, one of the gentlemen that I work with said he did, but you know, it doesn't really matter because now I have you on the phone and I'm just so excited that, you know, we, we can have this connection and, you know, he goes, no, do you know why you didn't call me? And I said, uh, no, sir, but it doesn't really matter. And he goes, no, it does matter. He said, because I'm in charge, I deploy SWAT. And I said, okay, so do they need dogs? And he goes, no. At two in the morning, if um, SWAT doesn't get deployed unless it comes with the approval of me. So my phone does not leave my side. So basically you're calling me a liar. I said, oh, no, sir, we would never do that. Would I call you an asshole? <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. Thinking to myself, I didn't say it. <laughs> and I said, but no, sir, but you know, but I'm just so glad we've connected now because we want to help you fulfill those needs and we can put all that behind us. And he's still chewing on me. And I said, oh, so wait. I said, man, thank God we got here when we did. Your budget's worse than I thought because you're the dispatcher and the assistant chief. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> can you believe he told me to go fuck myself? Uh, I, I, can, I, can, I can see that. And he never <laughs> would take our dogs. 
I can I can see that. And this is a really high-profile big department. That's well, because because yeah. somebody retired or somebody had a dog or somebody had something and he knew somebody or somebody knew somebody or like you said he had a guy, <sighs> and uh, that's how they pick dogs. So I <laughs> I mean I I'm, I don't tell you. <laughs> there's yeah. A, there's but, a state I mean, agency that I know water. about. Yeah, you can't. Yes. There's a state agency I know about that gets dogs from a vendor because one of the trainers lives next door to him. And his dogs yeah, are yeah. shit. Yeah. Garbage. There is a there is a there is a state agency that is one of the largest states, and that's all I'm gonna say, that they get their dogs only from the pound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Play your fucking violin somewhere else. I, you know, uh, you know. And I, I just, the it, for the life of me, I don't understand what the problem is. And look, I've had guys that I write this down, and it's just looking back on it now, it's hysterical to me. I had a big department call me one day, and he says, Look, my boss told me I had to call you and be nice and everything. And I'm like, Oh. Well, I mean, just be yourself. So if you're an asshole and that feels good, just roll with it. So (laughs) let me. And he says, wait, wait, wait. The best part was we want a Labradoodle. We would like a Jack Russell. We would like a Australian Shepherd. And I'm like, what? I said, you're funny. Okay, really, really, you're not that funny. But okay, so let's talk about getting your dogs. He goes, no, no, we have to show diversity. Oh my God! What, what? <laughs> what the fuck? And, so yeah. here we—I've run into something. Well, I mean, actually, you know, you know—I'm—I'm uh, I'm assuming you do. Um, I don't know a, a similar. Well, no, you do. Uh, you know her, Becky Switzer. Um, Becky and Barry. Yes. Okay. You yeah. love them. Right. So they started Ground Zero, which is over in Oklahoma City, which is doing a similar thing uh, for Can Extra Cops, but they're doing it for um, the Task Force One people with Ground Zero. Um, and they have a similar deal uh, with the University of Tennessee, I think, where they're doing uh, pound dogs, right? So um, occasionally, Becky or or one of their handlers or trainers will call us and say, this dog is not going to cut it for um, FEMA, but because and it's usually because of x-rays, but it can do single purpose um, narcotics work. Um, so, you know, because we're who we are and where we're at, we'll take those dogs. And so in, one thing that you know we haven't really talked about that's kind of gone into this underlying thing. You aren't specifically selecting dogs. Um, you no, have no, no, no. Okay. I don't do that. Right. No, okay. not at all. So okay. they can go and, <laughs> and no, they can get whatever they want. And um, now in the beginning, when I I I do have to say um, I flew to a vendor I remember you know seven years ago or something we first started um, I thought what well what we'll do is we'll stockpile the dogs and just start like handing them out I don't know trust me I don't know where my head was so um, let me tell you something oil was a lot higher then but to watch a blonde get off the plane in the middle of the midwest and say okay take me to the place where we pick the dogs oh my god look at that one and you know what it looks like 
Benji. And look at that. It looks like the golden retriever I had. Okay, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. Can you put them on the plane for me? <laughs> and when your plane has a backup plane and you're stacking them full of crates to go back to Texas, they're scratching their head saying, well, that's the last thing I probably thought I'd see today. So I brought all these dogs back because, I mean, I loved them because, oh, that one's so fuzzy. Look at that one. Of course, you know, now it's, it, you know, it. You realize, and you can't go to the pound. You can't do it that way. Um, you know, asking, picking something for these guys, it'd be like if one of you were single. And I said, look, I have a girlfriend and she's really smart and she's got a great personality. And uh, look, I need you to commit to dating her right now for the next seven years. Well, is she hot? Does she have big boobs? I could hear, I know how Eric thinks. And um, but, <laughs> nobody care if she could pass the Mensa test. And, you know, so it, that's part of a, when you're asking an officer to bond with their dog for the next X amount of years, you know, they need to, um, they need to feel like they have skin in the game. Right. But, you know, they, they need to make that choice. So whether, right. you know, look, I, I all I ask of my guy or, or my handlers is when I have some of the guys I notice have a little issue when they when they sign up and they're on board, especially if they're green handlers. I want the biggest porterhouse you have, which means I want the biggest ass eating shepherd or mal and I want it crazy and I want it I want a really really young one so we can spend our entire career together oh my god we're gonna be here a while because you're gonna go through however many dogs it takes like I had one guy go through five dogs and you know he'd take it home and it's too much dog and so when I asked him I said you know look at the dog a little more seasoned I'm not again I'm not gonna pick your dog for you but you know we have people that will help them you know and obviously the vendors do too but you know they go in and they want that big beast they want the Cujo they want the whatever and then I say, don't overlook the little female pocket rocket this 50 pounds that you know gets the job done and you know but you you can't force them a situation on they just figure it out for themselves and they usually do and most of them are pretty open-minded but some of them have their heart set on a certain thing and then they get up there and like i said they order the porterhouse and they decide that the filet would have been just as good and they're not that hungry and they leave generally, the table too full eric and i tell these all the time but generally handlers for the most part have no business picking dogs um and uh, at all uh, especially first-time handlers. So we had a we had a handler come to the kennel one time with um, a seasoned handler from and the under sheriff who is one of our old handlers, and uh, they, the dogs are there and they ask him. They were like, "What do you think?" And I stopped and was like, "Ain't nobody care what he thinks." <laughs> like, no, we're no nobody cares what you think. We're gonna tell you which dog is you're gonna take. How about that? And he was like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, uh, "Yeah." And no. look, if that's so. how they handle things inside their department, I mean, I don't right. certainly. We a lot of the handlers we have, and now we. Unfortunately, I used to could say, hey, Eric, how's your neighbor whose grandma had a cast, you know, that maybe they had nothing to do with law enforcement. You know, you get to know these people so well. So many times now I'll have handlers that I'll never even get to meet because, you know, it's it's just gotten yeah. so big. It's just you can't it's keep gross. up with everything. Gross. And I, you know, I don't know if you remember, Eric, but um, what about three or four years ago, um, I was surprised on the Steve Harvey show. 
and Steve Harvey had me on his show to talk about Canines for Cops, and I was so hot and I was so pissed because the producer told me that uh, we couldn't bring any dogs. It wasn't in the budget, and that the allergies. And I said, I just don't understand. This is what? the stupidest southern fried chicken shit I've ever heard of. Why? Who would give a damn to tune in to listen to me for half an hour talk about that without seeing dogs and meeting an officer? And I'm not putting my life on the line. And you really have to have an officer here. I there. I stopped a Chicago policeman and ask him if we could give them a dog walking into the studio because I wanted somebody there to have a dog. And um, anyway, so I'm trying to tell the story and I'm trying not to cry because I really can't do my, my we call it the dog and pony show, but it's really hard for me to kind of tell it and, and tell the story without Ted being by my side. And we've kind of done our Laurel and Hardy routine for so long. And Steve Harvey said, you know, there's somebody, and I saw these kids in the audience and I thought, this is what's wrong with America. Who in the hell takes her kids out of school to listen to some comedian? I mean, school's going on, and I see 15 kids in the audience. This is crazy. Why would you? I said, is it a spring break here? And Steve Harvey said, no. I said, that's just, I'm thinking to myself, that's nuts. That's why kids aren't staying in school, because they can go out for anything. Well, he said, somebody here, uh, I'd been teasing about Oprah jumping out. I said, is Oprah going to jump out and give us all canines and cars and stuff? Of course, he wasn't laughing. But um, he said, somebody here wants to thank you. And I said, oh, really? Well, the doors open, and I don't know if it's 10 or 12 of my guys come out with their canines. They had them all trapped in a room. Can you imagine a dozen alpha mouths trapped in a room for four hours together? <laughs> They're waiting for me to take the stage, and I don't want to go on stage, and I'm throwing a fit in the back because I don't want to go on with that canines, and they're all stuck in an office space down one of the producer's rooms together. All those dogs are trying to kill each other, and about that time, I'm crying when Ted walks out, and I only know one of the other handlers. I don't know the other nine or ten or whatever it was and I looked out in the audience and all those children were the children of the handlers and they held up signs thank you for bringing my daddy home at night you keep my daddy alive he gets to see me go to school oh my god I'm ugly crying I mean over. it's just yeah. I it's it's over and you know but it's things like that that you don't have to be you know I do all this for free and it and it's things like that that, that could never no one could write a check to make you feel that way when somebody's kids or their wife says, you know, I thank you for bringing my husband home at night. And that you know that you're getting them the very best possible equipment that they can have. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so that's a good before thing. I get divorced for being on here for too long, um, we're going to be <laughs> wrapping it up here. But what I want to talk about real quick is... Um, so the biggest problem I would assume for canines for cops is people not. We've talked about it. This not applying, right? Not yeah. Putting or not even not, not even fucking knowing, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, uh, even so much not applying, they think, oh well, our department's not big enough, or we don't qualify, or you know, um, you know, you already have to, you know, we we help some departments completely set up canine units, and again, we oh, say bet. on there, I is bet. it a is it a brand new because a lot more goes into it setting up a unit than one that's already established it's not not doable it's just 
you know, we just need to know a ground zero, a, a base, you know, from where to start from. And, uh, right. but my so guys, how, how, what's like the I, first step? Well, you for, go for to a department. Can, what's the first step? Well, you um, go to caninesforcops.org and the application's on the website and that's K number nine S number four um, uh, COPS.org and the application's on there and it's very simple. I mean, look, Ray Charles could fill the damn thing out in 15 minutes. And, you know, you, <laughs> that was a delayed. I know y'all are getting tired. No, 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 no. I, 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 I love, a, I love a good analogy and I love a good simile. So I was just like, oh, that was that. Yeah. So You're, the analogy relevance. We haven't met yet, me, so. have we, Ted? Uh, we haven't met yet. Clearly not. So. Clearly not. Because we would be drunk in a bar somewhere by now telling each other, that uh, you're funny. No, you're funny. I'm trying. <laughs> and so they fill that out. And it goes into the um, uh, it goes into the box of one of my guys, and um, they do the background. You know, they call up the department, and they talk to the command or they talk to the handler, the point of contact on the application, and they say, you know, where are we starting from? And they kind of get a feel if they're green or they're adding to it or whatever it is that their needs are, and so then they each um, vet them. And they say, look, I think this guy, they, they said, look, they want to apply now for next year or they still have to get, you know, they're getting an extra car donated. I mean, whatever it is, it's holding them up or they're ready to move forward. And can we do this? Can we move forward on them? And so then, it, you know, we decide a good fit. And then once a quarter, we gift. And so then it goes before the board. And, you know, our, our my guys kind of give, it's like giving book reports. They tell the board, look, I think that, you know, this one in Georgia is very deserving. I feel like this one in Tennessee, you know, they're looking for a single purpose or they're looking for a, um, you know, electronics dog. And, um, you know, or they're looking for an arson dog. You know, whatever, whatever it is that not everybody, you know, needs an ass eater and um but you know whether it's single or dual or whatever you know we try to fulfill everybody you know on santa's wish list and it could be a little immoral as long as it's not illegal (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so um anyway so we try to you know we work with everybody and make everybody feel special and and they go into our system and and then hopefully they're you know close to joining our family and once they come on board then we work with the media and we start putting out press releases. And so every quarter they'll turn in uh, their stats to us. And again, like I said, we don't wanna know anybody's name, everything's coded. And, uh, but if somebody gets a really big bust, a lot of times they won't wait until those stats and they'll send us pictures or they'll say, you know, like yesterday I took the 300 pounds of, of um, you know, hydro and or I got this and so then we'll reach out to news media for them and we'll say look this is what's happening and or we go on like we have over a million followers between all of our social media outlets and we go on and we post things for them and we do drives online and and then those booklets go back and almost like a report card goes back if there was a specific donor so hey t-bone we want you to see the impact of the community that you made and 
So I have to tell you, when I started, I uh, somebody told me, our Secretary of State said, keep your powder dry, kid. I said, oh, what does that even mean? <laughs> I'll do it if I just know what it means. And they said, don't be the lady that just gives dogs. Be the lady that makes a difference. And I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? And they said, you'll know. Well, I started realizing that, look, if, if um, I don't know, who's, who's like the Zeon? Is that Zeon? Isn't that his name? The basketball player is supposed to be such a ninja? Is it, um, I, or Johnny Manziel. Let's pick Johnny Manziel, you know, yeah. the quarterback. By the time, okay. By the time um, you uh, go, and if you're in college and you rush for this many yards and you did this and you did that, even in high school, by the time you got to college, they knew all your stats. They knew your records. You know, he set every you know, statistic in the state, broke every record. And then by the time you got, you know, you go to the pros, they have your record. They know what you've done. And so I remember in the beginning, I didn't know that what was in kilos, what was in pounds. I didn't know the difference between hydro and this. I didn't, you know, I, you just don't know what you don't know. And I remember saying, well, how much is that? What's the price of that? How can I, wait, is the, wait why is the price of that more in Wisconsin than it is in Houston? And I, I just don't understand. So I marched my little ass into the DEA one day and in Houston. And I said, look, I need to talk with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. And I need a friend. And so um, I, they sat me down and they started giving me, um, you know, and people don't realize the drug trade Tra trades every day just basically like the stock market does. So a kilo of Coke may go for 50000 in Houston, but it may be 60000 if it's got to go, you know, across five states to get up to, a, um, you know, a Nebraska. And um, it just, you know, it takes more people to unload it. And so I basically, we created a software that cuts our our country in like sections and um you know that cocaine uh, you know may like i said it may be easier to get at a port city like new york or a miami or a houston or a california than it would in you know in the midwest so that it's got to be trucked in so um, basically what we do is we give these stat sheets to our guys and we say, look, this is the suggested thing that you go by. But I'm sure your department maybe has something too and that's fine. But, you know, we need the stats on these drugs. And so they send us the stat reports and we go off and measure them against ours and we'll use theirs if that's what they, you know, feel comfortable going by. And um, then we start promoting it, you know. This one took a million dollars off the street. This one took, you know, got a haul two million dollars here in cash. And the the news stations love us, and we build relationships with them because they're not out there beating down the door. That's that leaves it open for them that they can go do something else. We say, hey, here's a story. Here's our guy. He's at it again, and you know. And it's great because, you know, we never leave them. We never want them to feel hanging. So um, anything that they do, and we say, look, we had a school call. Would you be willing to do a demo, you know, in an elementary school? 
And, um, you know, we tell them that's part of the gig. And, uh, that, you know, they should promote what they do and talk about what they do. And we send them swag to take into the schools. And um, so, you know, we, we try to do everything we can to promote them as a team because they're part of the family. And, uh, you know, I have some guys that are a little hesitant, like, let's say, bomb guys that say, well, I don't want to turn my stats because mine aren't going to be as good as the guy that's taking down the 18-wheeler full of cocaine. Well, no kidding. Um, but you know what? If one bomb hasn't gone off, your job is is very, very, very important. And, um, you know, so everybody's job, you know, when they come on board is important. But we want to make everybody feel special. And, um, you know, so we we don't want them to feel like um, the Maytag repairman, that they're sitting there and that they're once they get a dog, they're forgotten. We almost stalk them to death. Mm-hmm. You know, is there anything we can do for you? Can we get anything else for you? Can we send you more swag? What else can we make you do to feel special? So I think I've yet to hear any complaints that nobody doesn't not feel special. So um, do you, uh, Eric, do you feel special? I always feel special when I talk to you. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, then my work here is done. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know Ryan does. Ryan's, that's a relationship he'll have forever. Um, oh, I you know, love I, him. He came, and I have to tell you, when he came to Houston, he goes, well, you know, he and Dave were like, where do we stay? And I said, oh, you're staying with me. He goes, are you kidding? I said, well, you're not sleeping with me. You're staying in my house. <laughs> mm. So they got there, and they saw he was crazy with havoc and dogs and kids and my husband. And, you know, I was like, come on in. You're just in time for dinner. And he spent the next three days with us, and we had what in, we brought Inside Edition in. Um, we the the news media flew from Ohio, um, you know, oh, yeah. uh, to come. A bunch of them. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, a lot of the news media came in. And look, when he got ready to pick a dog, I took him to the back, and he and I had a moment. And I said, "You don't have to tell me what dog you picked." And um, but. And if you want to take all the time you need, look, they've come this far to cover the story. You know, there's 20 media, 25 media people out there. And I could tell he felt pressure. And, um, you know, he was sending pictures back home and uh, to you guys. And and I said, you take your time. And if you don't feel good with Mm -hmm. any of these, Jazz and Jason will find you more. And um, but he felt comfortable and he picked, I think, a great one. And um, but, you know, we just want everybody to feel that their job is crucial to the department in what they do. And, you know, it's just I, I can't say enough. I'm the not just because I love all you not heads, but um, I just like my husband says it takes a very secure man that 300 men have your wife on speed dial. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he's so, he's um, uh, anyway. he's good and keeping you up late talking on the phone. Yeah, so. that's true. But I'd have to Kay. go in there and honey, could you get me this or could you get me that? So we're good. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about the website, caninesforcops.org. Yes. Um, and we have Instagram. Is everything. Yes. Yep. Instagram, Twitter, caninesforcops.org, and definitely Facebook. You can follow us there. And um, we encourage all of our guys, get your dogs a Facebook page, get your dogs an Instagram. And uh, we promote those, of course, too. And some departments don't want them to do that. And that's fine. I mean, we're not going to hold that over anybody. But anything out there that can get the community involved that the community feels like they're part of it 
um, they absolutely love that, you know, and they say, look, there's Officer Stambro and, you know, there's his canine and I recognize him from online. People love that. They love the community involvement. And, you know, I just can't say enough and it makes my job easier. Well, I know you're a busy person, and we really thank you for taking the time to come out. Um, you're an amazing addition to our series of the Ladies of Canine. Yes. Um, well, I feel honored. Yeah, we, we, we loved having you on. Um, I appreciate it. Ted, where can you be found? Uh, well... On Instagram, <laughs> I was like, "What do you?" I'm like, "I'm in Tulsa. What are you talking about?" So no, I was like, "I'm Which in Tulsa." The shotguns and right? No, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, no, Instagram, Ted underscore Summers. Of course, the podcast has its own Instagram. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what, what was that? Whoa. That was the, what was that mumble? You sound like a auctioneer at the Fort Worth Stockyard. Oh, it's because I say that? it all the time. <laughs> so it's Ted underscore Summers, and then Working Dog Radio has its own too. Uh, it's Working underscore Dog underscore Radio, and then of course uh, we have the one for Torchlight. Uh, uh, which is the kennel. So Torchlight, letter K number nine, Torchlight K9. Uh, so my personal one and that one are uh, business-related only. So they're, you know, just me working dogs and yelling at handlers. So um, <laughs> what about you, Eric? Uh, Van S. K9 um, on Instagram. Van S. K9 Academy on Facebook. And if you like cute little dogs, we have Van S. Doggy Daycare. Little doggy daycare they have. <laughs> Um, here, uh, Patreon. We are on Patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. Yeah, and uh, that's it, man. Christy, again, thank you for everything you've done for all the handlers. Around and look, the if anybody has help. any questions, they want to reach out to me personally. Um, I'm KK Schiller, S C H I L L E R, at Instagram, and the same at Facebook and Twitter. So um, you can reach out and ask me a question, no problem. And um, again, we hope that everybody fills out applications and turns them in, and that will motivate me to go raise more money and do my thing and try to make the world a better place one canine at a time. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Okay. Excellent. All right, guys. Thank, thank you, you very boys. much. Great episode. All right. Thank good you. night, All right. Ciao. Bye. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at almk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off 
off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans' organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. 9 Pro or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up, specifically for guys in this podcast. For if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.